It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. How many times have you been tempted today? (laughs) Uh, Maybe you were tempted to eat when you said you wouldn't. Anybody have that? Yeah. Or were you tempted to shop when you promised to save money? Or maybe you're tempted to have one more drink when you know you need to cut back. Or maybe you're tempted to indulge yourself in work in hours longer than you know you should. But what we're going to learn today is behind every temptation is the same thing, which is so interesting. So whether your temptation is food or drugs or sex or work, we're talking about the same dynamic. Gary Zukov is back to explain. He is the author of best-selling books, The Seat of the Soul, and now Soul Stories, everybody. Soul Stories, for those of you who are waiting for it to come out in paperback, it is now in paperback and affordable for even more people. Uh, Gary says it's easy to think of a temptation as a trap, because most of you think of temptation when you think, I was tempted. Do you think of that as a good thing or a bad thing? Bad. Does anybody think temptation is a good thing? <laughs> okay, those are people who've read the book a couple times or wrote it. So most of you think right now, you think when you think of temptation, <coughs> you think of it as a bad thing. Okay, let's see if anybody changes that perception by the end of the show. That would be an interesting thing to see. Yes, it will. Okay, Gary says it's just the opposite. Now, so pay, pay, listen up here. He says that temptation is a gift. There's nobody thinking temptation is a gift right now, though, right? Okay. Even though that may be hard to believe when you're trying to stick with, for example, a new exercise program and the snooze button keeps calling your name. Why is temptation a gift, Gary? A temptation is an opportunity that is graciously given to you by the universe to have a dry run at a life situation which, if you can see clearly, you can remove or heal before you can affect the lives of others. This is the blessing. If you look at what your temptations are showing you, you will have the opportunity to change within yourself parts of yourself that are on the brink of performing actions that will create painful consequences for others and yourself. Do you see how merciful and compassionate this is? 
Okay, you say, and she did the soul, page 143. Temptation is the universe's compassionate way of allowing you to run through what would be a harmful negative karmic dynamic, karmic meaning everything you put out is going to come back, if you were to allow it to become physically manifested. It's the energy through which your soul is given the gracious opportunity to have a dry run at a life lesson. I like that. You get the dry run. Now, then, if you go and do it, you get the wet run. That's right. right. You get the wet run, and you get drowned sometimes. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay, so this is the dry run at what could happen, right? Right. Okay, and so if you can see clearly, can be removed and head and healed within the confines of your own private world of energy and not spill into a larger energy field of other souls. Because once you do it, you then affect yourself, and usually other people are also affected. Not usually. Always. Always. Okay. When you make a choice in your life, you choose one of numerous possible futures, and you bring that future into your life, that into consequence. your reality. See, I love what you said one time on the show. You said, you think of choice as a door, th that a door, and that every time you make a choice, there is always going to be behind that door a consequence. Every choice has with it a consequence. Yes. Every decision that you make is, is an effect is a cause that has an effect. an effect. And you have, whenever you have choices, several doorways through which you can walk. Right. Whenever you walk through one of those doorways, you bring a particular possible future into your reality. It becomes your present. And you see, again before you, more doorways, more choices. This is how you create your life. Right. When? you are considering, or parts of you are considering doing something that will create painful consequences in your life. Which is a temptation. Temptation is the dynamic that allows you to see what you are about to do. When you are driving, for example, into the desert, yes. and you know that you have a long road ahead of you for days mm -hmm. on a barren desert without anyone out there, there is always a gas station just before you enter the desert. And right. you know what that sign always says on the gas station? Last chance. This is your last chance to look inside yourself oh, good. and heal what is within you. So that's what a temptation you... is. That's what a temptation is. Fabulous. You did that very well. OK. You say that it's a dress rehearsal for a karmic experience of negativity. That is the key to it. It's the dress rehearsal. Precisely. But you don't have to go on the stage. That's right. I got that. That's right. That's okay. right. This is Shauna. She says even though she's in recovery, she still finds herself tempted to indulge in her addiction. But she knows each time she's able to say no, she gains power over her compulsions. Remember, whether you are tempted to eat or whether you're tempted to spend, whether you're tempted to engage in anger, to argue, or you're tempted to use sex, the same dynamic lies beneath them all. And that's important to know, because some of us have a tendency to judge other people. You judge the guy on drugs, but you use food. You judge the guy who's a workaholic, but then you shop. But you're saying it's all the same. It is the same. It is the compassionate gift of the universe to you to, you. to see what it is you are about to do so that you can heal within yourself that part of yourself which is about to create painful negative consequences for you and for others. In other words, it is your opportunity to look at what you are doing and to cleanse yourself before you can affect the lives of others. This is great. Take a look at Shauna's story. 
if they saw me on the street, no one would imagine that I had a problem with sexual addiction. They would see a person who had a good family and had a good life, just a normal person. They wouldn't see the secret life that I had. During my marriage, I had affairs with three people, one person that I met at work, one person that was just a friend, and one person that I met online. No one deserves this. My husband never did anything. I didn't even have guilt over it. I just felt like it was something I needed to do to satisfy something inside of me. The sex became a substitution for love. I think that my sexual addiction stemmed from the fact that I was sexually abused at the age of 14. After I was sexually molested, I never felt like I had to watch what I did sexually. For some reason, I felt like anything went. I had no boundaries. I couldn't say no to anything. From that time on, I could not tell you how many men I slept with. When I was about 34, I was driving in a car to meet a lover, and I realized that I was a sex addict and I needed help. I spent a lot of time talking to counselors about this problem, and I believe that if I had never discovered this addiction in my life, I would have never been where I'm at right now. But I still get tempted today to have sex with people. Being tempted does not have to be something negative. It doesn't mean I have to act out on it. More often than not, temptation is a wake-up call for me. I believe when I am being tempted that it's a spiritual thing and that there's something spiritually I need to pay attention to inside. I really love the fact that Gary Zukoff says in his book that temptation is a gift because to me it has really become a gift. It's become a red flag in a way because I know that I have to look at something. Recently I was back on the internet and I was so tempted to have an affair with someone that was there. The one thing that kept running through my mind is this is something I cannot do. I have an awesome family. I have an awesome life. There is no need for me to have to look elsewhere to love and be loved. There was a time in my life that I don't feel like I could have made a choice whether or not to follow through with the temptation. When I say no to temptation, it makes me realize that I have grown as a person. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Gary says temptation is the gracious way of introducing each person to his 
or her power. When you are seduced or threatened by external circumstances, you lose power. But with each choice you make to resist the temptation, you gain power. Okay, you follow me there, right? Every time you resist it, you're gaining power. You know that. I mean, I've felt that before. I've said this on the show, where a bag of potato chips has more power over you, and it really doesn't. But every time you t make the choice for food or sex or alcohol or whatever it is, your choice in your life, then you lose power. That's how you know it's an addiction, correct? That's correct. Okay. So let's explain what do we mean by sex addict. America does not understand sexual addiction. I think uh, most Americans, uh, I can't speak for most Americans, but from doing these shows, uh, uh, several times last year or two years ago, we tried to do sexual addiction, and the response was people think sexual addicts are perverts, unless they're just referring to men, and they go, oh, men are dogs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, they really don't understand the dynamic of what it means to be a sexual addict. So I think we need to talk about that first. Well, first, I want to thank you, Shauna, for coming on the show. And I want to make it clear to everyone here and to everyone who is watching that although Shauna's story is one that is, mm, in terms of degree, somewhat more extreme than some of you, but not many of you may have experienced. Nonetheless, the dynamic of addiction is one that is common. And sexual addiction is the most common addiction in the United States. So don't think that if we, Oprah or I or Sean or anyone else talks about sexual addiction, they're talking about uh, perverted people or abnormal people. They're talking about people just like us who, when they feel powerless, are drawn to have a sexual encounter with another person. Okay, so when you say sexual addict, I know some people, because I speak for the viewers, I know there's some people out there thinking that it means you just want sex all the time. You just want to have sex all the time. <laughs> for, you know? For people who feel that way, understand that those people are feeling the intense pain of powerlessness. And that is the way they are reaching out to attempt to make themselves feel worthy or valuable or lovable with another person, even if for a moment. But because they do not look at the inner dynamic of powerlessness and the intense pain of that, they feel a sexual attraction to another person. That attraction is real, but there is something deeper that is igniting that attraction. And that is a sense of powerlessness. So it means that, okay, so if you're a sexual addict, it means that you would see somebody on the street or you see somebody at a party or you see somebody and are you feeling powerless because you want to go home and sleep with them? Generally, such a person would feel sexually attracted to that person or yeah. maybe that that person is the person whom they have been looking for yeah. for the rest of their lives or... Yeah. Or maybe it's just someone. Can you that help us understand yes, it, Sean? Yes. Okay. Um, what I think is that I didn't have enough. I didn't have any self-respect, and so the way that I would find, believe that people would help me, love me, is if I had sex with them. I couldn't say no. It wasn't. I wasn't out there having sex all the time. But I would find someone that I wanted to have a relationship with, and I could never develop a friendship with them first because the first thing I would think I would have to do to have them like me was to sleep with me. Mm-hmm. I so, never had the concept of having a friendship first in okay. a relationship. So she used sex just like somebody else uses food, somebody else uses, you know, their children, somebody else uses... Alcohol, someone else uses drugs. 
Exactly. Okay. Someone else uses tobacco. Whatever it is that you are using, whether it's another person or cigarettes or alcohol, while you are doing it, you are filling an image that you yourself hold of how you should be in order to be more lovable and more valuable and more attractive to other people. So when you do this thing, you feel that you're going to feel better about yourself? I never knew that I was worthy. I never knew what a good person I was. I didn't know that I was likable. So it was a way to hide behind the fact that I didn't feel that I was lovable. It was a, a, a place to hide. But that's a long than... way getting to there, right? You said that you'd slept with to... lots of people before yeah, you could get to well, that. Yeah, well, sleeping with people never, never solved the problem. Dealing with the problem and realizing that I was worthy and I was lovable helped me to come out of the, the addiction. Okay. When did you know you were addicted? When you say you were driving in that car? And you right. Were I, I had been doing a lot of work on me, but finally, um, my last affair, because I was always confused, why did I do this? I, outside, everything appeared to be fine. You know, if you looked at my family, I had a great family, like I said, but when it came to me, myself, inside, it was empty. It was and I, and like Gary says, so, I was powerless. Are you still tempted? I was powerless. Are you still tempted? Yes, I'm still tempted. And it's something that I deal with um, a lot. I learned today that I can say no. And if I am tempted, what, recently I was tempted in a very serious way because I had some things happen in my life that I wasn't used to dealing with. And the first thing I did was run to that safety net of, of you know, let's have a sexual account, encounter and then it'll all be okay because that's what my, that's what I was used to. I, I, I was going to say that being tempted can run. I, I imagined that I was doing I fantasized that this was going to happen to me. I went right up to the point of decision that I was going to do this. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not that same person I was last time that I went through with this action. I, and I know that I don't have to do this to find the answers inside of me. I can look somewhere else. And that's why I also believe that temptation was a gift for me, because it helped me to find that whole person inside without having to go through Actually the action. Actually go through the action. Okay. Exactly. That is what temptation is. That is what the gift is. So if any of you are bracing yourself against a conversation about sexual addiction or any kind of addiction, be compassionate with yourself. Yes. Be compassionate with yourself first, and you will find yourself naturally being compassionate with others. Think about the times when you yourself have felt an impulse to rage and become angry without looking at it. Think about a time when you have found yourself buying something at a checkout counter that you didn't really need. Think about the time that Everybody's you have had going, a drink. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, how many of you went out and bought new outfits for this show? <laughs> you did. I, that's more, now you don't want to admit it. I know I can see. <laughs> I can see you still got the tags on up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you didn't need them because obviously you had some things to wear, but I understand. I have to wear it so I can be seen on the show. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Each time you challenge a temptation successfully, you empower yourself. This is how real power is acquired. That I get. Every time you challenge a temptation, you gain power and the thing that you're tempted to or against 
loses power. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so over a period of time, that's why a person, that's why we applaud somebody who says, oh, I was an alcoholic and I haven't had a drink in nine months or nine mm -hmm. days. For every day that you don't, you gain power and that thing loses power, correct? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So we will return sometime. Uh, Oprah and I have been talking about sexual addiction. We will return to that. That's because during and, the commercial break, I was that. telling and them I don't understand it. And I bet y'all don't either. Do you? Well, I'm, I, I'm not clear on who is or who isn't, and when you are and when you're not, and how much you need before you are an addict. And <laughs> how much, you know, I mean, what makes you one, what makes you not, when, when, you know what I'm saying? Your addictions are those parts of yourself that are most out of control. Okay. Those are the parts of yourself that lose power to external circumstances. Okay, but I am just yeah. the viewer at home. I'm always the circuit viewer. So I'm sitting in my home, I'm watching uh, this show, and I see a mother of three who has this perfect life, looks like from the outside, and she tells me that she's had three affairs. So I'm sitting at home, and I'm vacuuming my floor, and I'm thinking, well, why did she do that? Why did she do that? If why you... couldn't she just have said no to those, if, uh, you know, I'm sure lots of people are, are tempted. You know, if Tom Cruise came along, they'd like to spend a night with well, him. Well, let me. Okay, but they don't do it. So I'm saying, so they don't understand, they don't understand the addiction, why that's an addiction. If am you... I right or, yeah, I think I am. Now, if you're one of those people, like Oprah is now. Yeah. And you cannot understand why a mother of three did something that you consider completely unacceptable, look at yourself and see if you've gone shopping more than you need to go shopping. Look at yourself and see if you drink more than you need to drink. Or eat. I can see it with or food. Or look at yourself see and see if you eat more than you need to eat. Yeah. Now, if that's so, then ask yourself, why don't you just say no? It's not that easy. Well, I know that. <laughs> I I'm not saying it's easy. Then, no, what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to understand how sex is an addiction. How sex is an addiction, how that becomes an addiction, why that is an addiction. The same reason that anything else can become an addiction, whether it's alcohol or shopping or gambling or smoking, because it is a way of attempting to make yourself feel lovable. Okay. or worthy. Someone mentioned self-esteem. It is a way of letting yourself feel as though so you are So any time you have sex to do that, does that mean you're an addict? Because it's not about how much sex you have. If you are out of control, okay. if that means that every time you meet a willing sexual partner, you have sex, and that's the way your book is written, then you are a sexual addict. If Every time you see a clearance on shoes at 70% off, you buy some. <laughs> that means you are deeply involved. 70 is hard to pass up, my girl. <laughs> now, I if you said 20% off, we can let that go. But I don't know why you're going to pass them up for 70% off. OK, I'm only kidding. Go ahead. 70%. 70% off. I want to make it real. OK. Once you eat a scoop of chocolate ice cream, do you eat the whole quart? Yeah. Ask yourself, why what don't is you just going stop? on there? Yeah. <laughs> and I will suggest to you why you can't just stop. Because the issue is not the ice cream, it's not the shoes at 70% off. 
It's not the alcohol, it's not the cigarettes, it's not the gambling, and it's not the sex. It is something deeper. Okay. It is a deep pain inside that you do not feel worth being alive, that you do not feel you belong on this earth, that you do not feel you are lovable, and that is an intense pain to really look at. Okay. Temptation is the dynamic that will show you those parts of yourself that are reaching outward to make you feel more valuable at the expense of someone else. Got it. Before you actually have to live through the experience. So the moment where you're reaching out and that moment where you're the most tempted, that's the moment you need to stop yourself and look inward. Yes. You don't need to because if you don't stop yourself, you will simply act what it is you are seeing in this theater in your mind. Gotcha. And when you do that, you create the painful consequences for you and the painful consequences for others. But if you look at the dress rehearsal, yeah, full color, yeah, full cast, you right there, right the there, and you walk yourself through your reality and you say, what would happen to me, really, if I did that? Uh-huh. And then you decide not to. You have confronted a part of yourself that would have used another person before you used that other person before you created consequences in another person's life. That is the power of temptation. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Are you all with, with you? Okay. Okay. Now, speaking of shopping, we're going to talk to uh, Vicki, who's had this as a major issue in her life. She says that her out-of-control shopping and spending was taking over her life until she read just one paragraph in Gary's book. I'm 45 years old. I'm uh, working as a guidance counselor at a middle school. And shopping, for me, has been a problem for a long time. I used to shop almost every day, if not every other day. My big thing was clothes. I love shopping for clothes. I couldn't wait to wear something new all the time. So I would get the thing home, I would wear it the one time, and then it was over. I had to go get something else new because that little high had ended. I think buying things made me feel real powerful. How are you? Good. It's something that was lacking in me, whether it was low self-esteem, and I just had to keep dressing myself up on the outside to feel good about myself on the inside. But I did run up quite a bit of debt, and I would say somewhere around 20000 To me, temptation in terms of shopping is just a way for me to sabotage myself. It was an addiction that I could ignore for a long time because it wasn't going to kill me. It was hard to really face it as an addiction. A friend of mine recommended Gary's book. One paragraph in there just changed my life. I mean, it just gave me the answer that I needed. It gave me the key. And... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but after all these times, all, this, all these years, it gave me the tool that I needed to stop what I'd been doing. It boiled down to me asking myself, how is this next purchase going to enlighten my soul? And the whole addiction became ludicrous. The first time I went shopping after reading that passage in the book, I was amazed because I went in, got what I needed, went out to my car, and I was filled with, wow, you know, I can do this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shoe clearance. Not that I don't get tempted, not that I don't still you know, now and then get something I don't need. But it's so much easier to say no and to walk away. I felt powerful before when I would follow the temptation and buy things. I would get a high and on a rush, but then 
the power that I felt afterwards, the power that I felt from not buying and from resisting the temptation was so much deeper. I think the other power was a shallow power. It didn't last very long. This one was a deeper power. And I think every time I don't give in, it builds on itself. That is the key. That is Every it. time you don't give in, you gain power, it loses power. That's the key. Right, that's the key. Right. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Exactly. What was the passage? I know you said the paragraph. I'm like, what was it? <laughs> it's on page 155, mm -hmm. um, and I'd have to paraphrase it, but it was to ask yourself the following questions when you're feeling your addiction. Call okay. in your name. And um, we have those questions, I think. This is a tool that helped Vicki. The first question you can ask is, does this bring me genuine power? That's a good question. In other words, do you feel empowered when you drink and you know you don't really want to? Or you feel you really want to, but there's something deep inside of you that says, don't do this. Do you drink really? Drink or argue or whatever yours, fill exactly. in your blank. The next question ask. is, will this make me more loving? Will, buying a pair of shoes? Will it really make you more loving to smoke a cigarette? It's tempting to think, yes, it will. I was a heavy smoker at one time. I was in the Army. I did drink a lot, and I thought it would make me more loving. But as I really looked at How those... How did you think smoking was going to make you more loving? <laughs> no, really, seriously. No, I, I smoked the kind of cigarettes that made me feel like a cowboy, just about to rope a cow. <laughs> and that was my image. I thought that people loved guys like that. <laughs> and so I tried to be a guy like that, and I smoked the cigarettes that I was told they smoked. That's how it works. I see what you're saying. The smoking was sort of tied into the whole, I'm a macho kind of man. Exactly. And, and I thought and macho kind of men, men who were real men, men who meant what they say, men who got the job done, men who didn't cry, and on and on. You know the list, especially, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you know the list. That I thought was making me more lovable, but it wasn't. And so one of the questions you can ask yourself when you're about to drink, have sex with someone that you don't really know, buy some shoes that you don't need, gamble, uh, get enraged, ask yourself, will this make me lovable? And truly? will this make me more whole? And will this make me more whole? Will I be more complete if I buy a new car? The entire advertising industry is oriented toward assuring you that it will. And the entire, not the entire, but much of the movie industry is dedicated to expressing, they didn't create this thought, but expressing the thought that you will be more whole if you are sexually attractive to many. Mm -hmm. well, the, but uh, will the, you be more whole? The world, the advertising industry, everything. Every, we're bombarded by images that tell us if we're sexier, we're going to be more lovable. That is correct. That is, the message is, as you gain external power, the ability to manipulate and control others through buying this car, through buying these shoes, through smoking cigarettes, you will become more whole, more lovable, more powerful. But the opposite is true. You lose power each time 
you do something that you do not need to do in order to make yourself feel more lovable. To be loving, you must give to others, not attempt to take from others, not attempt to draw love from them as you would draw fish in out of a stream. I keep thinking about how it made me feel. I put the value on them more than I did me. I think that's what would happen if you put your value more on a new car. I put a value more on what, what they would think of me than what I would think of me when I would do these kind of things. And I had to turn around and think, well, you know what? It doesn't matter what they think of me. It's what I think of me that's going to count in the end. And then that's when I started to heal, too. Thank you, Shauna. Bridget says that the darkness of her addiction turned to light when she was able to tap into her spirit during recovery. Take a look at why she says exactly what Gary has said. Temptation saves her life every single day. When my mom died when I was 17, I was left alone, and that was my worst fear. I turned to drugs for comfort. I was medicating everything. I was medicating my fear, my stress. It was just my main coping mechanism. When I wasn't high, I was really suicidal, you know, just from grieving so hard and not having any help through that situation. And temptation just became my evil friend. You lose a lot of your fear and your anxiety when you're drinking and drugging, and then you can fit in anywhere. And that's what I needed to do. At the end of college, I started bartending. Working in the bar, there is rampant drug use. It's easy to get, it's easy to do. I lived in the midst of temptation. And when I didn't, I sought it out. I was always a high-functioning addict. And while I was still able to maintain having two jobs, one by day and one by night, emotionally, I was dying. And I came to the point where I knew that if I did not stop drinking and drugging for the rest of my life, I wouldn't have a long rest of my life. That following my temptation always was going to lead me ultimately to my demise. In those first days of sobriety, my spirit began to change. The moment that I made that decision and I began walking towards the light, it was so much more difficult for me to go into the darkness of temptation. So I can pour a drink for you and not take one for myself because I know where I'm going if I start drinking. I know very well what will happen now. It became very clear to me that all of those years I had been taken care of by something higher than myself. I believe that the universe brings temptation into our lives to make us stronger. And I am grateful for temptation because it does strengthen me every day of my life. Bridget, that was beautiful. Thank you. I want to say a very special thank you to Shauna. Thank you, Shauna, for having the courage to come on here and talk about that. You gave me that courage. I gave, well, some you, of the, some you gave that to yourself, shows. really. Yes. But you, yes, I did. Yes, you did. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you to Vicki. Are you still tempted to buy? Are you still tempted to buy like when you saw the 50% off? Are you still tempted? Of course. You know, if, you, if you're in a store and you see someone praying by the clearance rack, that's me. Because <laughs> <laughs> temptation is a gift. Yeah. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.